Hey everyone, this is Samantha, founder and host of Type 1 Tribe, an interview series with T1D leaders all across the world. Our guest today is Andy Balog. She is a nutritionist who specializes in type 1 diabetes. We're so happy to have you here, Andy. Thanks for uh, joining us. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, all of that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's actually quite cool. We're talking from the other side of the world to each other. So I'm from Adelaide, so South Australia. So right down the bottom of Australia, I would normally start by saying it's normally really hot here and that we get really, you know, really hot weather at this time of the year, but it's absolutely crazy here. It's still grey and gloomy like winter, so I can't say that. I always um, forget but, that you're yeah. opposite weather of us. Yes. Yeah, so everyone <laughs> yeah. over there is like, it's starting to get cold. And I'm like, it's still cold. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I live here with um, my partner, Jacob, um, and I have all of my family here, my close family um, with us here. And, yeah, basically I am a nutritionist and, and as you said, I specialize in type 1 because I'm type 1 as well. I have been for almost 20 years um, and I coach women on weight loss, type 1 management, all of the health related things. So do you only work with type 1 diabetics or anyone, but you just specialize in that? Well, these days I only work with type 1 and mainly women. It really depends on the context I'm working in. The majority of my services are for women because I relate to that and I have the most experience in it. But every now and then I do take on males as well, but my, mainly type 1. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about your like diagnosis story. So how long have you been a type 1 diabetic? Uh, so it'll be 20 years next February, which is crazy wow. to say that. Um, and but, how old are you yeah. now? Uh, so I'm 29. So okay. I'll be 30 next year. Oh my gosh. I hate saying that. <laughs> That's hey, I'm already, th I'm already um, my third, so. <laughs> gosh. Okay. Anyway, there it is. Um, so diagnosis story. So, uh, it was basically a week before my 10th birthday when I finally got into the hospital and the whole situation started. But before that, it was a few months, I think, of like back and forth, like going to GPs, feeling sick, and then it would like go away and then I'd get sick again kind mm. of thing. And just not getting – I just find it funny because obviously my first instinct now would be like, why didn't they just check my – like why didn't they just finger prick me and just check <laughs> test my blood sugar yeah. right there in the office like they would have known but anyway they didn't do that so it took a few months there and um yeah then I got uh went into the GP one morning after many visits with my mum and I just remember them saying you need to pack your bags you need to go straight to emergency and it was like why you know I thought nothing was wrong and then yeah oh just gosh. ended up in hospital and then all I really remember is that don't remember like getting to hospital. All I remember is being in a room with like all these lights, like laying down on the bed with all these lights. And like, I feel like I may have been going in and out of consciousness because I like remember like seeing stuff and then having my eyes shut and falling asleep and then seeing stuff that like, I don't know, but I'm assuming that's what happened because I remember my blood sugar, they said it was like 50 something, which is like, what does that work out to? Like 50. Um, so like, I don't even know if that's right. Hang on, 55. Yeah, 55 millimole. So like 990, <gasps> like um, MGDL. So 
Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so high. And then so the, the ketones would have been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not surprising if that was what was happening. But um, yeah, and then all I remember is like being back in the ward once they start giving you insulin and like my parents being around me and like everyone being stressed and like them being like, oh, you need to have your injection now. And yeah, it was just stressful. That's all I remember. I hated having being center of attention and everyone worrying about me. And yeah, it was. Crazy. <laughs> How long were you in the hospital? Um, about a week because I remember that we had my birthday party planned at like a bowling alley and it luckily it was planned in advance, but then it was hectic because my parents were like, Well, do we still do it? Because it was so last minute and not everything was organized and they were like, Should we just go? And then I ended up going and it was fun. But yeah, it was a bit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> and I, so. I'm curious, and I know you were little, so you might not like remember all of it, but mm. were you sick at all before? Like, do you think a sickness triggered yeah. the type one? Oh, um, like sick before I got the Yeah, like did you have like the flu or anything like that before? Uh, no. Okay. No, that's the thing. Nothing like that. Yeah, I'm always I curious heard like, that how thing. people get it. Does it run in your family? Yeah. Nah, not at all. I, I honestly think like after all these years of thinking about it, I think it's environmental. Like it's something that triggers people because like it's also been shown in like a lot of data that I don't have with me here, but it's like they kind of show that certain areas get a lot more people with it. and certain really? don't. Yeah. And there's um, certain types of people. Um, I don't, I don't know what, the, I think it's like some, some kind of area of like, black people somewhere um they don't have it like you could they can't get it at all so it's like also like a genetic thing but it's also an environmental thing so it's like I don't know but it's really really interesting to me it's very <laughs> interesting I don't have anyone in my family yeah. either so it's you don't it's, either wow that's crazy yeah oh my god <laughs> well since you've been diagnosed <laughs> for I mean to me it seems like a long time because I have it's not even yeah. it hasn't even been two years for me so for you like, oh my god it's good on you to like time. kind of yeah like you're so out there about it like you wouldn't even know that you're so new to it still <laughs> yeah well I try but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess like what's one thing that you've gotten from type 1 diabetes like that has Im really improved your life from getting diagnosed Ah, that's a good question. I feel like a lot of people don't like hearing that question or like hearing the answer as like a positive. And I feel like sometimes people get angry that you're like positive about it. But I think there's so many things because I don't think I would be anywhere in the health position I am right now if I was a type one, honestly, because like the path I'm down, I went down, I wouldn't have been led down if I wasn't type one. So I can't even say I'd be anything like I am now. But I just think you know, it um, it makes me more aware of my health. Um, it helps it helps me help others. Like I wouldn't be helping others the way that yeah. I am now. It you know helps me help my family. Like if people have questions about like again the whole nutrition thing, I don't think I'd be down the nutrition path if it wasn't for type one as well. So like mm -hmm. I help my family often ask some questions or um, like my sister is a midwife and she's starting to do her own like home midwifery kind of business and she help, has to help women do the whole um blood sugar screening okay. thing yeah so like I can mm -hmm. help her with that so it's like I feel like there's like so wow. many things that it's helped me do and have knowledge in 
So yeah, that's kind of what I love about it. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. And yeah, your career is around like type one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that like I wouldn't give that up in a minute if I could. Like if they were like, oh, he's a, he's a cure. I'd be like, okay, I guess. I mean, obviously like I'd have to scramble and find a new job, but it's like, it's not like I wouldn't be happy about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, and it's mostly because of like the complications that can happen is why I would want to cure, you know, not really. Absolutely. I guess just type one. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, yes, yes, yes. I totally, I, I agree. Honestly, I agree. Um, because like, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I've kind of having it for so long. I mean, you're, it's probably good to talk to someone like you who's only had it for such a short while, but I feel like it, I, I'm so used to living my life this way that for me, it would almost be a burden to not have it because I, it's just like, what do I even do? With my, I feel like <laughs> I have a complete like meltdown. Like, who am I? This yeah. is my identity, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it would be weird to eat and like not have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you still would, you know, because you've done it so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what's one thing that you still don't like about diabetes or you wish like could be changed other than a cure? Oh, I guess. <laughs> there's definitely still things like, I think it's that feeling of when something does go wrong with your blood sugar and it, it tends to always be at the worst time, but it's always a bad time. It's kind of just that feeling of like, you know, being alone in it. It's not that you're alone. Like, you know, other people have it, but like in that moment, it's like, no one can help you. Like yep. it's that feeling of like you have to just suck it up and just do it. Like there's nothing else. Yeah. And that feeling is just really crappy. You know, you don't want to have to deal with that. And the other thing is like when I think about my future, like because right now it's like I'm young, like I can look after myself, stuff like that. But what scares me is like that whole like getting older, like being elderly. Like I always forget sometimes, like, you know, I forget and think, oh, it's, it, you know, it's just for now. Like I just think for now. But then you think about when you're older and you're like, oh, my God, I'm still going to have this when I'm like 75, 80, not, like whatever. Like, yeah. How am I going to make sure I can look after myself at that age? And that's the kind of stuff I think about. I feel like most people wouldn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do when I'm 90? But that's the stuff that scares me and I, I wish I could take away. Yeah. I And I haven't thought about that. So now I'm like, oh, you're right. Because <laughs> we can't, oh, no. We probably, we'll probably need help more than yeah. Hopefully they'll yeah. get here by then. <laughs> I know oh my god or at least like better whole, technology you know yeah that's the thing like I just hope that it like will either be a cure or obviously that'd be amazing or that I can be one of those old people who you know how you have those old people who are like gardening like they do everything by themselves till the day they die I'm like yes that'll be me <laughs> that's what I want to do um but also like the whole like having kids thing like because I feel like as much as even like with someone like myself, I feel like my management is quite good, but it's like, I feel like how would I take on another person, like looking after another person on top of myself? Oh my God. Yeah. How is that even doable? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm not there I yet. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People do it. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so what tech, are you on any technology or what technology do you use for your diabetes? Yes. Uh, so I use just a Freestyle Libre here at the moment. And then at the moment, I'm switching between um, the Omnipod Dash and just an older Medtronic, okay. uh, the 640G. And yeah, I just started doing that a few months ago uh, because 
I've tried literally like every pump on the market <laughs> and the Medtronic for me was like, it's kind of like this little, like I think of it like my little sidekick because it like when something goes wrong with a Medtronic pump, it's like it's done. Like that's it. Like it's, it's done its course. It's never going to get better. <laughs> but up until that point, I feel like they just don't go wrong. Like, nothing really goes wrong with them. So I've okay. always like held on to this pump and I have tried all the different ones. Like I used my first pump was an Animas pump and that was great. But unfortunately AMSL got rid of Animas and then T Slim come out. So mm-hmm. I transitioned to a T Slim as well, but that didn't work for me. So I've tried all these different ones and I love Medtronic and I love Omnipod, but unfortunately the cost of Omnipod outright here is just insane still. So I have to switch okay. between both. I would love to just be on Omnipod. <laughs> that okay. would be the dream. But yeah. And I think I've told you this before, but a, a lot of my subscribers on YouTube have asked me to talk about uh, pumps, but I'm on MBI. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know anything, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. So you like Omnipod the best. Yeah, I love it. It's, I think it's um, because it's so discreet and small. And for me, that's just like after having it for so long and like just trying to just like live my life. Cause like I feel like I'm beyond the point of like, oh my God, diabetes, like how do I manage this? Like I feel like when you know how to manage it really well and you don't feel burdened by that, what you do feel burdened by is like just get off me. You know, like don't, you don't want something hanging off you all the time. You just want to like move on and get on with your day. Yes. And that's something that really bugs me, like especially summer, like the summer months here. Well, it's not summer yet so maybe it's okay but normally like if I, I love the beach and I love going out and where I basically wear bathers all, all summer you know and trying to have a pump hanging off me all the time it's just a burden and having the Omnipod is just so lovely it, it feels like it feels light like you put it on and you walk around and you're like ah you know like you can't feel it and it's nice but that's what I like because it's it. attached to you there's no wire that's it yeah yeah it's just stuck straight on it's plastic so it's very light and you have like a little this is the little pdm thing um and it it's a very light pdm as well it's like not like a normal phone it's not um i don't know if it might be glass i think it isn't i think it's just plastic actually which makes it really light and then you can carry that with you but even if you don't carry that with you it still works in the background so if you forget it for like a little bit it'll still give you some insulin in the background so yeah that's really cool <laughs> that is cool are they I, I don't know if I heard this but did they come up with out with an app too so now you can use your phone or is that still not a thing <laughs> that's a really good question because I haven't looked into the Omnipod 5 yet because okay. that's what you got you guys just got that um we okay. get technology really late so I haven't looked into okay. that but I know that that's now a closed loop so it's automatic like it has automatic boluses and stuff like that okay it might have moved to the phone so does that what closed loop means because I don't know everybody says that closed loop but I'm like I don't know what that means (laughs) yeah so I mean technically it's like they call it closed loop because what it means is that it's ideally a fully closed loop system would have glucagon in it to help you raise your levels and then insulin in it to help bring down the levels and you would have zero requirement of input right that's a fully closed system whereas like anything without anything that requires user input is still technically not closed loop but they're calling it closed loop because it's like the 
most closed loop we've ever had. <laughs> okay. So, so, so yeah. it's, it works based on your number. So like, let's say I'm like, oh, I don't want to go over 200 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's when it would start giving you insulin if I hit 200. That's it. Yeah. So it has parameters, um, unfortunately, and that's the limitations of it right now is that it has its own parameters of how much you can change the settings for closed loop. You can do it to whatever you want if you're using it manually, but if you're using that automated system, it's like kind of got limitations there. But yeah, technically you, you tell it, you know, where you would want it to start making adjustments from and it starts making adjustments based on its own algorithm though. So it's a little bit, you know, for some people it's great. Other people, like I've tried a closed loop system by the Medtronic and it just, no okay. luck, <laughs> okay. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. That's always interesting to me because I'm like, I have to manually give myself insulin if I'm going really high, you know? Yes. Have you thought about getting a pump? Do you reckon it's on the cards for you? I have, but honestly, like right now I'm managing it fine. So I just, it's almost like, you know, if it's not broke, don't, don't change it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, well, I'm doing it fine for now, but I, I've been evaluating them just in case in the future I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about like food, especially because you're a nutritionist. So yeah, <laughs> you know about type one diabetics eating carbs. Mm-hmm. Like, do you approve of it? Or you- <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, I was, I was like, is that a question? <laughs> um, well, I feel I like there's that, a yeah. lot of like, you know, a lot of people talk out there these days where they're like, we're allowed to eat carbs. Like, eat, you're allowed to eat yeah. carbs. Like, how do you feel about that as a nutritionist? I, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a like on conversation is so like complex and like controversial and whatever um yeah I have no food um the way that I think about food and nutrition is that there's no inherent like limitations to things like there's there's these three macros like carbs fats and proteins for a reason they exist in nature right yeah so that's kind of how I think about it like whenever I've got something that I'm or someone's asking me about oh, I'm not sure if I should be eating this I'm always like well is it natural? Like, is it, does it exist in nature, you know? And then when, it, when you kind of compare everything to that, it makes decisions really easy because when you think about a processed food, it's not natural. Not to say that I don't eat processed foods, but it's like when you're considering what's better for you and you always compare it back to that, that kind of helps you with everything. It's like, yeah, we can eat a little bit of carbs. We can eat, we can eat a lot of carbs. It doesn't really matter what, what matters is how it makes you feel. Yep. And so some people feel a lot better with carbs and some people feel better without them or mm-hmm. with less, you know. There's not many people out there who feel fantastic with zero carbs for a long time. Right. And there's all these different ends of the spectrum of like you've got to figure out what works for you and not think so much about like what's right or wrong. So like what can you manage? But also the other thing is like people tend to fall into that trap with type 1 of using low carb as the type one management system which is what I um, recommend people don't do Mm -hmm. because it will eventually fail if you ever want to eat carbohydrates if you ever go and eat out if you ever go and you know maybe go trick-or-treating I don't know you know it really depends on who (laughs) you're talking to but you know any situation where you're out of your routine or your norm will throw off your blood sugar so it's like using food to manage your blood sugars is not the the best way to go about it and that's generally where that topic circulates back to like are you doing it because it makes you feel good 
then great, continue. But if you're doing it because you're trying to just manage your blood sugar, it's like there's a better way. So that's kind yeah. of, does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. And I agree with everything yeah. you said. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think that like, always just going back to like what what works for you and then thinking is this actually working for me or am I just pretending it works for me because it's convenient kind of thing but yeah or the doctors just told you to do that or the doctors (laughs) someone else told you to do it yeah yeah (laughs) so um so like for somebody who was just diagnosed like what is like one tip of advice you'd give them for starting out learning you know about type one Ah, oh, that's really tricky. I feel like there's a few, there's at least a few things. Um, I would say that, you know, I think you need to advocate for yourself. That's a big one. So not just take everything as it's said to you and just running away with it. I think, or even with a doctor, like going back to that whole doctor situation, you're going to be uh, in a lot of situations where you're, in an office or speaking to like a professional, someone who is a so-called professional, a lot of the time you're going to know more about type one than they will, which is really sad, but the, it's kind of realistic. Yep. Sometimes you'll be lucky enough to talk to someone who's really down to earth and understands type one really well and all of those things, but a lot of the time you, they won't and they'll be speaking to you. They might speak down to you a lot of the time. That can happen. This is just generalizing. Obviously, there's some great people out there, you know, <laughs> But, you know, when you're in a situation where someone's talking to you or even if they seem to know what they're talking about, I think always take it away, take it home. Don't feel like you have to do something because they're a medical medical professional and they're suggesting it to you. Always take everything as, as a suggestion mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, I'll think about that. And don't feel like you have to do everything on the spot. Like I guess the other to kind of play into that same part of a uh, point of advice would be, to just have trust in yourself that you can actually manage this disease by yourself. It's not something that you require a medical professional to help you with. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can actually manage on your own and you can work it out and all the information is out there already. It's not like it's hard to find. It's, It's actually doable. And when someone tells you something, you can always take it home, research it, look into it. Does this option work for me? Because at the end of the day, when you go and you go to your endo appointment or your diabetes educator appointment and they say change your settings to this or change your rates to this because I think you should and then you go and do that when you go home when you leave that office it's on you so Mm -hmm. everything that happens from then on is up to you to manage until the next appointment and I don't I know things are different over there in the US like here you can go and get a diabetes educator appointment for free you can get it bulk billed it's you know, mm-hmm. I know over there it's expensive, right? So everything is up to you from that point on it. And having that, taking responsibility in yourself and saying, I can actually do this. I need to advocate for myself. Does this work for me? Is this right for me? Ask questions, you know, co- uh, clarify things. Don't just take everything that's given to you and just like think, okay, I have to do this because they said so, I guess. Sorry, it took me so long to get to that point, but that hopefully that makes sense. Like, just advocate for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like, unfortunately, we don't have the best doctors most of the time. And so you, mm. do, you do have to just like, it's almost like a trial and error process when you're a new diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably a really quick way of saying it. Trial and error. Trial and error with everything. But even, I think it's that whole like intimidating thing of when you go into like a doctor's office and you feel like they know everything and that you have to listen to them. Like people don't realize that when a doctor says something, you don't have, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Or like when a doctor says, oh, no, I won't do that test for you, that's not the end of the story. Like you can push for more and better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all these kinds of things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, so how can, if the viewers want to get in touch with you, how do they do, how yeah. do, they do so? Uh, so the best way to find me is through my website. So do you want me to just spell it out or are you going to, you're going to write it somewhere on your I'll, I'll put it in the uh, like description below, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, my business name is empowering health. So okay. the website and the reason I'm asking these questions is because I recently rebranded. So everything's like still floating around in my head and you, but it's www.empoweringhealth.com.au. I'm going to show it. And then uh, my Instagram is the T1D nutritionist. And it's the same on Facebook um, and I'm most active on Instagram. But if you want to check out any of my programs or services, the best thing to do is just go to the website and then you can always like email me or DM me there. So, yeah. Awesome. Any <laughs> last thoughts for our viewers or? Oh, um, I just think that, like if you've stumbled across this page, you're in the right place and you're headed in the right direction because it took me so long to find other type ones. Mm-hmm. So these days it's so, I mean, you're probably going to be like, oh, like she's one of those old people who's just like, <laughs> in my old days, you know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> honestly, like I didn't realise it at the time, but I had no idea anyone else had type one. I was like, it's just me. And then when I figured it out, it was so much easier. So, you know, look on Instagram, look on Facebook forums, keep looking around and finding other people who have it because it's just, so much better when you have people to talk to and people who understand what you're going through and yeah just like know that if you are struggling with your weight or your type of management that it's like something that's definitely doable don't fall into the trap of um believing that type one is just random and hard to control like it doesn't have to be yes it's a pain in the butt sometimes but it doesn't always have to be like it doesn't have to be your norm it can actually be like the outlier so that would be my best last comment percent. <laughs> I agree awesome well yeah. thank you so much for joining thank the interview you. today I appreciate you coming on yeah it's been <laughs> so fun thank you so much for having me yeah all right we'll see you on the other side <laughs> yeah okay bye <laughs>